the Listen Podcast. The List 10 Podcast. The Listen Podcast. Welcome, listeners, to the Listen Podcast. I'm listen up, today. y'all. Listen, <laughs> listen up. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Kimball Hannon, uh, someone whose opinion I respect greatly and always has the mm. most, the greatest insight ever. So if if mm. if he doesn't, mm. I I don't know. Maybe it's an off day, but but normally it's fantastic. <laughs> we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it work. It's gonna be good. Yeah, and uh, and I am so excited for this podcast. Um, I watched Django Unchained again last night and it's better. I don't know. I, I don't know. It just keeps, it's just, it's so good. So beautiful. it's very good. It's an incredible film. Unbelievable. Yes. I, I, it's the watchability is just through the roof. Yes. Which we will get to in a minute, but, uh, you know, so to give a little background again, uh, I'm sure everyone's already heard all the other podcasts on the Liston podcast, but uh, a little <laughs> recap on how this works. Uh, as far as the top 10, I didn't want to do the same director, same genre, same, same. I tried to keep it a little more diverse. So only one Quentin Tarantino movie could make the top 10, despite him having a few during 2010 and some great ones at that. And, and I also did that for uh, other movies and, and, and directors too. So, uh, I want to talk first about Quentin Tarantino and why why he's so darn good at what he does. Kimball, Kimball, well, you tell me first. Why do you enjoy Quentin Tarantino? Um, I just think he creates these scenes of just immense drama that are usually typically followed by peppered with some like not typical humor, but it's so intense that you like, you don't even understand like that you're starting to clench your fist of just like, it just, it's like whole, this tense moment. And then it just erupts and explodes. And it's just this explosion of uh, typically death, blood, (laughs) fights, uh, all that stuff. So I I just think he's so good at creating um, those moments. And for me, it, it makes, it makes, his movies just like that much more dramatic to me. And I really enjoy just a good drama because oh, I yeah. think I just don't, I don't feel in the normal life, but in movie life, I feel a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You pretty, uh, you're pretty stone cold uh, in regular life. I, I mean, it's just even keel. I agree. Yeah. It's, um, it's his, it's his dialogue. I mean, I just, just any movie, you could just sit and listen to two, just as, just people talking, whether they're talking about, uh, you know, a quarter pounder with cheese <laughs> or, mm-hmm. um, or, or whatever it is, you're just, you're just in and you, and you love it. Yeah. And, and like say Kill Bill, when he's going over the dialogue about what Superman, Superman, what he, how he, incorporates himself with regular life the the costume superman puts on for himself is is uh the clark kent outfit and he's all this is his idea of what us humans are like 
these nerd mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think he uses the word nerd, but the point is is I'm not as good a writer as Quentin. He's he's fantastic. And yeah, I mean all all his movies just seem to have this story. It's a stupid story, but for whatever reason, the actors that are saying it, like Bruce Willis, you know, the diner scene um, yeah. in uh, in uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, you know, him telling those stories in that movie, and then you have Christopher Walken telling the stories, and you know, he's got his Christopher Walken, oh. He wore a watch in his butt for hours, for years, to give it back. I mean, you just, you just, you're encapsulated by some of these stories, and some of them don't even mean anything. I mean, the one with uh, John Travolta, and he's talking about a quarter pounder with cheese, and he's like, "What? You don't need a quarter pound with cheese in France?" They're like, "No, they don't. They don't have the metric system. They don't know what that is." He's like, "Oh, so what do they call it? They call it a Royale with cheese." It's this conversation that's like so stupid. And normally it would be so boring, but however, it just gets put into the movies that it just, I don't know how they do it. It's, it's so interesting. And then the story, you want to retell it. You're like, this is such a good story. It's a Royale with cheese. That's what they do. You're like, what? They don't put ketchup on their fries? No, they put mayonnaise. Mayonnaise! I mean, it's just like, that normal, normally would not be a good story, but for whatever reason in his movies, it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then The Simpsons has an entire episode just like, copying Pulp Fiction (laughs) because because it's just so and I love their dialogue I mean honestly I came on to Quentin Tarantino later in life because um I wasn't uh you know there was a little bit when I was younger it was just like I tried to uh you know I wasn't watching really violent movies or um movies you weren't that, desensitized enough. i wasn't desensitized like <laughs> reservoir dogs that's dropping the f or pulp fiction maybe uh, uh 200 300 times and so honestly i swear it wasn't until inglorious where i like mm. saw my first scene and i'm walking into a hotel and it, this i want to this is exactly what it gets to you with the intensity here's the scene it's just Londa, you know, the Jew hunter, and he's mm-hmm. sitting with Shoshana at the table. I don't know at all what's going on. I have no idea the history. I have no idea he tried to kill her. I don't know that he hunts Jews. I have no idea. But he's yeah. sitting there and he's just like asking her, you know, creme. <laughs> and well, yeah, my, my wife and I always say that creme. creme. He's, he's asking if she wants cream on her pie. And it's so intense. And I'm like, yeah. Why is this so intense? What? And I'm just captivated. I cannot yeah, take I, my eyes off the screen. Like, what is this? And why is this so intense? Like, what? What is going on? And they're just sitting around at a at a table, eating dessert. And and I it's feel palpable. Like, it's feel palpable. It. it is so yeah. Palpable. It's crazy. He's so good at it. Yeah, he's so good at it. And the, you know, he fa- he found, uh, you know, Christoph Waltz. You know, I mean, he's just he can just deliver. He can deliver that scene just, I mean, phenomenally well. I mean, he's just so good at that. Like, he just, I mean, the two of them together creating the scenes that they have, uh, it's, it's, it's quite incredible, really. Oh, yeah. And, well, you know what's interesting is Christoph Waltz, he's, like, the worst character 
in the world <laughs> in Inglorious. And then he's like yeah. this awesome character, Django. And then you yeah. have, and then it, it feels like Quentin Tarantino does this. It's like, you want to be in my movie? You got to give me a bad guy first. And then, because then he does <laughs> the same thing with Leo, where he makes him the, like the most despicable yeah. person on earth in Django. And then he's totally the hero in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hero slash kind of Slee. dunce actor, but he's he's a positive character. He's I, the, I feel he, you. Right, right. He's the lead. And yeah. you, 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 you root for him. And he also, oh, man. by the way, spoiler alert, he also gets to flame torch the... the the killer was on the end that, was, that ending scene if you have not seen the movie don't listen to what i'm about to say but actually i'm not going to give it away but that ending scene was a blew my mind blew my mind it was so intense and just kind of exactly how you how it should have ended really right. i mean the real story is tragic right and like what happened and then it's like that little slip up that little just tweak tweak that he does and you're like that that totally could have happened like it that could have happened i mean yeah. obviously it didn't and i honestly watching that movie i didn't i tried to go into quentin tarantino movies like knowing nothing right. i like was earmuffs i'm like i don't want to hear anything i don't want to hear if it's good bad i just want to go i didn't even know what it was about i didn't yeah. even know until the kids were walking up the drive and i was yeah. like wait a second, why do I know this? And then it all started to click. This was like, was it Man Manson? Is that yeah, Charles the, Manson. The, yeah. Charles Manson, yeah. And I was like, wait, this is, this is Charles Manson. Is this going to, he's going to go in there and kill that pregnant lady, you know? And I'm like, oh, this is going to be horrendous. And then they go to the house and I'm like, okay, wait a second. This isn't how it's <laughs> supposed to go. And then everything that transpires after that, I'm just like, it was, was my mind was blown. That flame oh. torch, oh, phenomenal! <laughs> I have I have visible chills right now. Just you talking about that scene because <laughs> I just love, I love it. I love I love his creativity. I love how he's just honestly. I swear he goes through life and he's just like uh, all the historical stuff. And he's like, how would how did we want this to end? If we, if like who are the people yeah. that we really just wanted to just kill seven ways like burn them up in a theater gun them down and then blow them up like hitler yeah, yeah. How, do, how do we and he just is like i here's this is a horrible thing of these people these awful people i just want to end it differently and and he did um i know it's so cool i, I love that like i that movie I, I thought was some people saw a lot of actually my friends that i kind of respect as far as that movie goes and like them critiquing movies i kind of like oh i i kind of take their their critique like pretty highly and uh some of them really didn't like that movie and i watched it and i'm like well guess you're out like, <laughs> no longer taking your advice because that movie was awesome yeah um i i did the same thing i remember i was sitting around and people were talking about once upon a time in hollywood and i and i was just like bop, 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 bop. I don't want to hear about it. I'm seeing it this weekend. And uh, well, it was funny because I was actually out in New Mexico and and I was just like, I had a whole plan. I was like, I'm going out tonight. And I I was at I was there for work and it was a bunch of high level people and they invited me out to dinner. And I was like, you know what? I got plans. I've been planning to see once upon a time in Hollywood yeah. since it came out. And I, this was my night to do it. I'm going and and I 
and it was i didn't care i, I used to like not want to see movies by myself but actually this one oh, i'm like i just want to enjoy it. i i don't i don't even need people to like respond to it i just and i don't want to know anything going into it i hear you exactly the um, you're gonna show something yeah so i only have one clip even though honestly i there's i i have you know so the trailer um, scene I'm the trailer kidding. scene dude the, the, when he's talking to himself oh i was oh yeah <laughs> i was dying yeah i was dying this is just, i was dying oh my this gosh. is just one line um and that i love and it's so simple and and i just there's something about the delivery it's well right you gotta up. love a young a young brad pitt yeah so like he looks young in this right like he, he totally he does in his but prime this, this is just leo's he it's just one line and he just to talk to uh, Al Pacino's character about doing uh, Italian films. And he comes okay. out. It's official, old buddy. <laughs> That's it. That's the line. My has been. It's official, old buddy. It's official, buddy. <laughs> I love it. And then just the way he takes that drag off the cigarette and just is like... I'm a, I'm a has been. I just I love yeah. it. I can't get enough of that scene. I, he, it's my favorite scene. He plays that character to a T. Like he's so good at that character, probably because that's the life he lives in a, in a way. But I mean, Leo, you know, everything he does is is gold. But yeah, uh, yeah, that that was a good. I really like. I really like that movie. It it was a long. It was a long movie getting to that final, like kind of the whole point of the story i guess not the point of the story because there's lots of little stuff going on but i just thought it was like so unique and such a good way to depict the story but then add that twist at the end uh i, I don't know i really liked it so many good yeah. things in it it's playing that western yeah. character i mean that trailer scene that trailer scene was man that was so funny to me yeah it was he gets so mad at himself. I know. And then he just and then he just does the very thing that he's yelling about. <laughs> well, so it's so funny. My my favorite scene, my favorite scene in that is when he's he's playing the big bad guy and he has that girl on his lap and he's yeah. like you you tell that buster bean bronco. <laughs> I can't I don't know the exact <laughs> line. And he throws her down on the ground and she's just like after the scene she's like that was a yeah, it was the best acting I've ever seen. And he starts to well up and cry a little bit. Oh, man. <laughs> He's like, I just, <laughs> well, well, you know, he, he does. Oh, yeah. He does so well. Uh, so the, the yeah. thing is, I actually so how how it works. I, I started going to this, but how my my whole system of ranking works is I took I went through almost like all the movies of the decade and I, I parsed it down to about 44 and then of those 44, I ranked them in uh, uh, the categories we'll go over. I ranked them kind of one through five, just a quick top of my head. What is it? And then I got about 18 movies that I thought were the cream of the crop. And then I went through and ranked all those 18 against each other. So, for example, in like best dialogue, like it's it's not it's not a, a one through 10 score it's actually you either get one or one through 18 type of score on it um in the end mm -hmm. i actually tossed out two movies uh for um 
for a couple of reasons, but so it ended up being as 16 as possible. 16 being the worst, one being the best. <clears throat> and as it got through to the, to the best score, that's how, that's how it went. And, um, once upon a time in Hollywood did get, uh, it actually, it did really well in best dialogue. I mean, it's Quentin Tarantino. How could it not? Yeah. But, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, some of yeah my, how could it not? It's yeah, so good. Some of my favorite lines are uh, when he's just, um, he's doing that flashback where he's fighting, uh, uh, what's his face, but he's all, my hands are registered lethal weapons. Oh, uh, uh, uh yeah. Bruce Lee. All, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. He fights Bruce Lee. I got a movie set. Like that's hilarious. Yeah. And he's all, if I, if I kill someone, I will be charged with murder. <laughs> and it's like, of course you will. Everyone's charged. Ever kill someone's charged with murder. It's called man's luck. <laughs> well, Quentin Tarantino, he's like a, he's a big, uh, Bruce Lee, you know, fan, uh, I've I've seen some interviews with him talking about Bruce Lee and like how he how he really liked he liked him he wanted to like put some do some movie he hasn't done anything obviously yet but he's peppered in some of his movies and I just yeah that that scene was also super funny and I I loved I loved that Brad Pitt was like the man's man in that oh, yeah. movie like there wasn't any BS there wasn't any of this Me Too. There wasn't any of this crap going on. It was just him being a dude back in those times. And he was a man. He drank beer. He wore a tool belt. He fixed stuff. <laughs> like he was just, he was just a man. I loved yes. it. But, but you also could tell that he wasn't like, he was a man, but it was just like, he was also not like, uh, he, he, he would self-admit like his character would admit he's not the easiest person to live with or, or, or be with. no he's no. he's just like and and he's he very well he very well could have killed his wife but we're not sure it's not it's not 100 positive yes um, no they left it up to the imagination he's a simpleton i mean the, the fact that anyone can stand him for any amount of time is is incredible because he doesn't need much besides his dog who yeah. turns out to be a freaking beast in the end i mean oh yeah yeah unbelievable yep such a good scene yeah and, and um <laughs> and yeah and that ending <laughs> one of my favorite lines is which actually is the real life line is one of the the manson cronies says i'm the devil and i'm here to do the devil's business right then, they stuck I, to that script but i love how brad pitt just like laughs at that <laughs> like, yeah, he's like like you've <laughs> You you piece it like you think you're so oh yeah I just love it oh, uh, yeah I that was good that was that was a great movie so many yeah. scenes that I really liked and it definitely deserves to be talked about as one of the best but it did not beat Django for reasons that we're gonna go into now uh, about why Django is so awesome. So tell me first, I'll just ask you, Kimball, we'll, we'll, we'll get into different, um, you know, scenes and, and lines and uh, the plot and the score and all that. But overall, why, why do you love Django Unchained? Why do you love this movie? Um, I think everyone loves a good comeback story, a good revenge story. And this, you know, this really had it all. Um, it drew up the characters really well, the 
protagonist, antagonist. I mean, it was just ripe for this, what you hoped for while you watched it, revenge scene. And he gets all of it, <laughs> like every bit of it. There isn't anything left unturned um, besides obviously like some wasted time. But as far as like how the whole movie progressed towards this uh, revenge, I mean, it was just a great, like I love the movie Count of Monte Cristo because it's just a great revenge story. I, I think it's just, it's a, it's a more modern version as far as a film in our time of a revenge story. That, and I, I kind of compare it to Count of Monte Cristo just because of that fact that it's like total revenge. And, I, and it gets it all. I, and I loved it. Gets the yeah. girl. He gets the revenge. He does lose his best friend, which kind of sucks. Yeah. That part was always just like, I want it to change every time I watch it. I'm like, oh, maybe <laughs> yeah. he lives this time. It's like, no, yeah, he's maybe. not going to live. Maybe he's wearing a bulletproof vest. <laughs> he um, just couldn't keep his mouth shut. Yeah. But yeah. I, I hear you. And it's not what's also just so good about this movie. Um, is it's so many things. It's 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 a fantastic revenge movie, but it's also a great western. It has the western music. It has the horses. It has the, you know, the scenery. Just the shots of the west and just that that, and the and also obviously the south. But it has that western feel to it. Western south with a modern twist. Some of the right. music obviously as they're bumping rap music as they're going across <laughs> yes, the plains. Sir. Yes, but sir. it's like, but it has that little twang whatever to it so it makes it i mean yeah i, I hear you there for yeah, sure and I'm, I'm actually uh the score and soundtrack are a big thing to me and i will definitely play some of that later and then and then it's also a romance it's a buddy cop film like uh, honestly right yeah. like they're just like yeah. all right they buddy let's, go up, get our let's, next, <laughs> let's get our next bounty where's it at and he's teaching and them the, how to be a bounty hunter I yeah mean, and I, the the notes of like See, this is how Quentin Tarantino is so good. Like the notes of like compassion that comes out in Dr. King Schultz, you know, Christoph Waltz, how he kind of, you know, he, King Schultz. He, he's, yeah, he, this is my <laughs> horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like he kind of takes him under his wing, you know, he sees kind of what's going on in the West and in the South and, uh, he, he feels bad, and even though he is who he is and he does his job, but he takes him under his wing and ultimately ends up basically sacrificing his life for his friends, for his yeah. principles, and for what he kind of stands for as, as a man. So I uh, – so good. Wow. But right from the beginning, I just like – I like the song that's, that's playing where it's just kind of like – the way it's played, it's just like, it's, um, the music lets us know that it's, it's, this is, this is a tale to be told. So go ahead, right. sit back, enjoy this journey. Mm -hmm. We're going to tell you a tale. Like, and I mean, it actually is. I mean, one of the things I noticed this time when I saw it was the uh, foreshadowing from, you know, with the, the saving Broomhilda and Siegfried when, uh, you know, Christoph Waltz is telling that story 
to Django and they're sitting next to the campfire and he's just like, Oh yeah. And he's like, what's this, what's Broomhilda? And he's like, Oh, it's, it's a, it's a great story of she's, she's high on a mountain. She's surrounded by a, a dragon in hellfire and Siegfried has to come rescue her. And it's like, that's the actual thing that happens in this movie. So it's some cool mm -hmm. foreshadowing, but just, I, I feel like you get that right with that opening song where it's just like, you're going to hear it. This is going to be a tale and there's going to be some bad stuff in it. And it's going to be some enjoyable stuff, but it's just like, just sit back and, and uh, you don't have to, you don't have to grade this movie or, or, you know, like watch it with some sort of a critical eye. You can, but yeah. just, just sit back and, and hear the tale that uh, Mr. Tarantino has for us today. And, uh, and I love yeah. that about it. i tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. And the, for sure. And the, and then the second Christoph Waltz starts talking, I'm in. I'm like, okay, this movie's good. This is, this yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the first scene, I've seen that first scene so many times. It was on, I was, I was flying around a lot and I'd finish a movie and be like, oh, what should I watch? Like for the next 15 minutes, we have 15 more, 15 more minutes in this flight. And it was Django like every time I was like, so I watch this and so that first scene like you know I've seen that first scene so many times and it's 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 so good you know so I, good. I want I want to I want to play you I want to play you apart from that first scene just uh one of the uh, one of my favorite lines so the second time I uh, like in third and fourth you know when I watched it again I definitely I have my favorite lines from the get but every time I watch it, there's a new favorite line. And this this was one of my new favorite lines right here. I'm sorry to put a bullet in your beast, but I didn't want you to do anything rash before you had a moment to come to your senses. You goddamn son of a bitch! You shot Roscoe! And you killed Ace! Uh, I only shot your brother once he threatened to shoot me. And I do believe I have... Five witnesses who's going to test it. Damn legs busted. No doubt. No, if you could no doubt. That's it. You got it. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Yes. 100% broken. Yep. Yep. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, you, you nailed it. You like, you're, you're watching it and it's, 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 it's just talking so calmly and everything. But that line where it's just, no doubt. <laughs> I love it. I well, love he is that. a doctor. He is a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right away. So the... Um, I, th this movie made me curious about, like, you know, how, like, back in the day when this type of stuff was going on, people were, you know, according to this movie, if we were to go off of just this movie, like, how jumpy people were and everyone just pulled a gun on everyone like all the time. Like, cause you just didn't know who was shady and who wasn't. So if this was actually any kind of timeline or whatever it is of a true depicted how the West was and all that stuff, it's like, this would suck to live back then. Oh yeah. Cause every, everyone's on guard every time they meet someone on some trail and it's like, what are you doing? When they meet that wolf, He's like, all over there. And you can like barely even understand what he's talking about. He's in that like bear, <laughs> that bear Oh, are you outfit. talking in true grit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's I'm all mixing right. those two. I, I'm mixing but, those two. But honestly, I love, I 
but it's the same timeline it's kind of the same same timeline and yeah it's just well and then anything can kill you it's like that seth MacFarlane movie like a thousand ways to die in the west like you get a cut and then it's infected and then it's like all right well (laughs) Well, that guy's dead well see you later no penicillin uh, nothing (laughs) would just be so crappy and to yes to to live like that i don't know it'd be terrible it'd be terrible people would smell yeah i don't know know why if you were building a theme park based on a time period i don't know why you would build the old west (laughs) (laughs) you'd die at any moment (laughs) yeah i I love how he's i love how he goes through the line of people and it's just asking like Django, 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 and like then he's like, "That's me." <laughs> I just the I don't know how Quentin Tarantino does it, but he makes you just oh well, that had to be him, and then he kind of passes him up, and then he comes back to him, and it's just like you're just enthralled the whole time. Anytime Christoph Waltz is talking, you're just like, "Okay, what is he saying?" I need to hear every word that he says. Oh yeah, because all of it's good. All of it's good. And wouldn't you say, I mean, the movie's two hours, 45 minutes. And wouldn't you say it's the fastest two hour, 45 minute movie that you've ever oh, seen? Oh yeah. It was quick. It went by and I was like, it's over. How, what time is it? And it was like three hours later. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was three hours? Well, yes. when I, I watched it with, with my wife, it was just basically, it was the first time ever seeing it. And she liked it a lot. And she was just like, how long is this and she's like all right and i'm like well we can break it into we can break it into two or something she had to go to bed she had to get up early she had to get up at four the next morning and and she's like yeah let's break it up and then i mean halfway through they're having dinner with monsieur candy and it's like oh yeah yeah this is (laughs) let's just go ahead and stop right here i mean give me a break like there was yeah i mean no, there was no stopping. Just, just go through and lose some sleep that night. It just, it just, it flows too good. It just does. Just don't speak French to him because he doesn't know any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's such a fraud, like, but he loves to be like the, oh, I am Mr. I am oh, just yeah. He's bougie. Mis- He's- He's, I'm Mr. Bougie. I am so upper crust. And he just oh, yeah. he puts on this show, but then he's so fake on the inside with his doesn't even really speak French. And then and then that Polynesian pearl drink that he's drinking, he's trying to set, be so cool. This giant yeah. straw out of a coconut. It's like, it's like you're the biggest tool, man. It's like that does not look very manly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say that's something you would order, <laughs> you know, in the Bahamas for your wife right. or something. Drinking out of a coconut. Very cheesy. I mean, I mean, I would drink one, but I'm not trying to set myself up as like some <laughs> tough mandingo. Well, and then he, even the cigarette, he has the little extender. So it's like, oh, yeah. he's not actually touching the cigarette. It's like kind of far away. He can sit there and oh, oh, do yeah, his little he's, puffs. He's so proper. <laughs> oh, that was, well, that was, there's two scenes in this movie that I have a hard time rewatching. Well, we'll get to scenes in a bit. Let's okay. let's let uh, I and I definitely agree with you. But uh, we'll talk about those in a bit. First, rewatchability. Now, here's the thing. I actually so rewatchability. I didn't give it as much weight in my system, and this is a scientific system that is yeah. based completely yeah, on my opinion. But pretty high all these numbers <laughs> that go into it, they all add up in the end. I still, I had no idea which, what movies would be ranked by the end of this. 
Um, I just put in per category what they did. Rewatchability, I only, I didn't make it a full one through 16. I just made it one through four because I didn't think it should carry as much weight even the, um, on how good a movie is simply because it's kind of like, uh, well, maybe I don't have time. Django actually was in the lower, the, the bottom tier as far as rewatchability. Hmm. And it's not because it's not rewatchable. It's simply because I hadn't seen it as much. And that's, that's how I ranked rewatchability is how many times have I seen it? How many times have you seen it? And, and it's also, it's also a hard movie to suddenly uh, kick on as, as far as um, just watching it at, at the, at the last second. And um, I can't yeah. watch it like with the sound on in my house, clearly. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of hard scenes. And in fact, um, what, we can talk about a couple, you, you, you alluded to that. Let's just talk about a couple of the hard scenes that you actually kind of have to skip. Yeah. Or, like or, it just, I mean, I'm sure it's probably the same two scenes. They're brutal, like mm -hmm. just to watch. It's the it's the Mandango first Mandango fight with Calvin Candy in there, and they meet him for the first time. That first Mandango fight, and then of course the dog scene. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, it's like it gets to that part. If I'm actually watching it, like I'll either maybe not watch that part, part, or if I have the ability, I'll just like skip that part because it's just like. Oh, it's brutal. Brutal to watch. I completely agree. It's so hard. I, I even, I skipped it even though, I mean, I skipped it on my wife's first watch because it's like, all right, you get it. These, these guys who fight go fight to the death. It's like, it's, it's horrible. And I can't even, <laughs> and, and, and by the way, we're, we're just talking about a movie that we love and, and things that are hard to watch. I don't wanna I don't wanna hear from anyone just being like, oh, you think it was hard to watch? Imagine living it. And I'm like, yeah, I I'm sure I'm it was worse living it. I'm sure I don't, I'm not here yeah. to judge. I, I personally it's hard for me to watch that stuff. The end. I, yeah. there's no like I, I, that's all I got. I, I'm not uh whether I'm it takes me to a place I don't want to go. Right. It's hard. <laughs> and and uh and the and the dog rig and arts. So but there's so many clips. And I, yeah, it is a fantastic, I would actually, you know, watching it again, I, I would probably, there's, there's some stuff as I watch these movies again, um, that probably would even change their, some of the scores they got and rewatchability. Like re yeah. The rewatchability for me, I, it's weird that you put it low because to me, um, like it's kind of broken down into like a bunch of scenes, right? Like you could watch, you know, the dinner scene or you could watch the beginning, the opening, or you could watch, uh, you know, the bar scene, the first bar scene when he first goes into that town and he gets him a beer and they're <laughs> drinking it. And he says, go get me the sheriff or whatever. Now go get me the, so like, the sheriff it's first, kind of broken down. Yeah. Then the marshal. It's kind now of, the marshal. Exactly. It's, it's kind of broken down for me. So I could even watch just those sections and then turn it off knowing the rest of the show. But like, to me, I would rank the rewatchability like just pretty high based on that. Like every scene is pretty captivating and could be just watched on its own. Um, I yeah. don't know. Which, uh, which is proven because, I mean, I had so many clips that I wanted to watch on. That. So um, I actually, I, I have a couple of regrets about my scoring, even though it's, it's, it's not my scoring, it's the machine 
I can't really do anything about it. <laughs> it's the machine. <laughs> it's it's the science, you know. You can't argue mm. science. This is a spreadsheet that was like it added all the numbers up. I didn't I didn't add it. I didn't divide. It does it. It's just it's just it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, what that is. <laughs> what that is. <laughs> love that line. I love that line. <laughs> oh, we're getting to it, but man, what, we're getting what that to is. it. I love that so, line. Um, you know, we've kind of covered the characters a lot, but I wanted to tell you how I scored the characters. Um, how I how I scored the characters are the lead, the support, and then the foil. And I kind of added those up, gave them a score, and then ranked them against all the other movies. Uh, Django and Chain was uh, fourth out of sixteen, so it was it was, it was ranked real high, uh, just behind a couple others. Um, uh, but uh, honestly, I'm uh, looking at those numbers. One was hey, well, easy, easy. Don't don't you go looking ahead. <laughs> you, this, that's, oh. for, that's for other ones, but let me just tell you. Um, now the lead is Django. I didn't give him a five out of five. And, and then I watched it again though. And I was just like, man, he did a great job. I actually don't know what he could have done better, but there was, um, you, you know, Jamie Foxx. I, I don't know how he could have played Django better, but yeah, he's still not. Uh, well, the problem, the, go ahead. Sorry. The, the, the problem was you had Christoph Waltz next to him. Yes. He stole the show. I mean, he won Best Actor for a supporting role in that. He did, and and then the the foil, which is both Samuel Jackson and Mr. Candy. You know, uh, what about Lina, Big Daddy? What about Big Daddy? <laughs> big Daddy, Big Big Daddy's a support. <laughs> big, Daddy. big Daddy's a support. They uh, that, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, they're they're five out of five. The bad guys in this, you know. Yeah. Samuel Jackson and Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Stephen, Stephen, and Miss Your Candy. They're there's they're amazing. They're yeah. You're 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 drawn to them the entire time. Their interactions are great. They there's no better bad guys. And then Christoph Waltz is so great. So I don't know, I don't know what Jamie Foxx could have done more because I think he did fantastic. Um, but I guess yeah. it just just compared to those 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 three, he just they're fives and and he and he he didn't quite get it there for me. But I I don't I don't know what he could have done. It was originally supposed to go to Will Smith actually, and if you listen yeah. to interviews with Jamie Fox, he he actually says they're like, oh, what did you think when you first uh, you know read for this script? And he's like, well, I didn't I I, I didn't even I didn't. I wasn't told about this movie and then I got new management and then I made it into the movie because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess Will Smith in the end didn't want to do it. I, I'm curious how it would have been. I think it still would have been fantastic with Will Smith. Um, Before or after the Chris Rock incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Because yeah. he, he definitely lost me a lot on that. I was like, oh, 100%, 100%. I'm thinking back what in this are time this movie was made. Yeah, no, I, I think he would have, I mean, he's a, good, he's a great actor. I think he would have been a good Django if that would have been, that would have happened. There's, yeah, he would have been. I can't say, I, I, I can't say he would have been uh, worse, but I don't know. There's, there's a couple little subtle things that Jamie Foxx does 
that I really yeah. enjoy that makes this movie so good where he's just understated. And it's interesting because Jamie Foxx is one of his best things about him is how much charisma he has. I mean, if, if, I think we've been talking before, like his impersonation of Trump is just amazing. Have you, you've heard yeah, it. He does right? a Trump. He, he does oh, yeah. a Trump. He does a, I think he does a, he does a Denzel too. Denzel's pretty good. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen uh, comedians and cars getting coffee with Seinfeld? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite episode ever was him and Jamie Foxx. I like really? that. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Jamie Foxx. I like so Jamie good. Fox. I like Jamie. I think he's, I think he's super talented. I think he's really good. Um, yes. I think he's a little more gritty than uh, Will Smith. So I think the character fit him better. Um, Will Smith is just a little too clean. Yeah. He's too clean. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, although I, he can still pull stuff off. I think he could have pulled it off, though. He could have. I think it would have been equally good. Yeah. So what? Let you know what? Let's you know why we're talking about, like, so for example, here's a great scene from. Just here's what I'm talking about. This is simply how, you know, Jamie Fox delivers his name. Just this simple. And I don't know who could have done it better than this scene right here. I just love it. D J A N. Oh, the D is silent. <laughs> the D is silent. So good. Yeah, I love love that. Drinking tequila with his white gloves on. Oh yeah, and then it has the white gloves and his contrasting his, his black hands. I mean, it's just like the D is silent. He delivers that so well, and I don't know who could have delivered that. That just, just simply his name. Who could have delivered it better? And then, and then here's let's let's play. We've we've quoted this line before. This is this is what we've been waiting for. This is he's going in. They've just shot the um two of the British. The Brittle Brothers, the Smitty Bacalls? Yeah, no, no, the not Brittle Smitty Bacalls. No, it's the Brittle Brothers. Uh, it's the Brittle Brothers. The Brittle Brothers? Smitty, Smitty Bacalls later. But this is the Brittle. They, he, he just shot two of the Brittle Brothers, which, by the way, love those scenes because it's just like this. You have this, these awful guys. And again, they show, they show a scene of him, them whipping his wife, which is so hard to watch. Um yeah. And you just, these guys are just awful. And then he's quoting, he's about to whip another woman and he's quoting Bible verses. And it's just like, there's nothing yeah. worse than people taking, like doing something in God's name as if it's like meant to be. This is righteous. This is righteous. Yeah. This is, False this is what it means. This is what it means. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I, I it's like, I, I, I swear, like, if there's one thing God hates the most, it's that. It's just like doing horrible things in his name. And I think that's why he hates like false idols. Cause it's just like, no, no. Then you end up doing these horrible things in my name. That's not, that's, you can't do it. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. I hate it. I think, I think that's his least favorite thing, but getting back to, all right, here's, here's this great scene. Listen, both. You got to listen to both Christoph Waltz voice and, and Jamie Foxx's cause, cause, both of them deliver their lines so perfectly in the in this scene. That's him. Yeah. That's a pep. Oh no. 
You don't know if you're positive? I don't know what positive means. It means you're sure. Yes. Yes, what? Yes, I'm sure that's Ellis' brother. <laughs> oh! I said, if he did. <laughs> yeah, the back and forth right there is really good. He's got him in his sights. He's just sitting there waiting. And he's so patient as he's just following him across the field. So patient. Oh, yeah. I'm positive he did. And and then Christopher Waltz, how he says positive. Positive? 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 positive. <laughs> oh, yeah. So many good scenes. Um, I have this number two overall. Don't look at what else is there. But I have a number two overall as far as best dialogue. I yeah. just, there's just. It had to be top three of what the, the list I saw. Yeah. It, it is. It's. It's. There's so many good. D is silent. Positive. He dead. <laughs> um, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play. Uh, now the next scene, and this one, it's a longer scene. This is. Oh, this gosh. is a, a lot of good dialogue back and forth. I mean, the whole thing is phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal. So, it, this, it's so funny. <laughs> I was dying. Yeah. This is Big Daddy. So they had just shot the the Brittle Brothers, and you know, Big Daddy doesn't like that happening on his plantation. So, no. so it's interesting because I've heard before I get this, I've heard critique that, hey, why didn't he just shoot him right then on his property? And it's just like, well, because they are men of the law and they can get in trouble for it. But if they do it later with hoods on, and that's why the hoods are so important. Because then well, they can't be tied to the as fact long as that you they can, kill them. As long as you can see out of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> that seems to be a key point. As we're, uh... it would be nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the just random Jonah Hill in the scene, just the smallest yeah. little role. Uh, so many good. This. <laughs> all right, we'll let this 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 one just speaks for itself. But this is they're getting ready to do the raids, and uh, they're going to talk about their hoods. <laughs> Damn. I can't see shit out of it. We ready or what? Oh, uh, hold on. I'm with my whole oh, oh shit. Uh, I just made it worse. Who made this goddamn shit? Good wife. You make your own goddamn mask. Look. Nobody's saying they don't appreciate what Jenny did. Well, if all I had to do was cut a hole in a bag. I could have cut it better than this. What about yeah. you, Robert? Can you see? Not too good. I mean, if I don't move my head, I can see you pretty good, more or less. But when I start riding, the bag's moving all over, and I, I'm riding blind. I just made mine worse. <laughs> Anybody bring any extra bags? No, you brought an extra bag. I'm just asking. Do we have to wear them when we ride? Oh, well, shit fire. If you don't wear them as you ride up, that just defeats the purpose. Well, I can't see anything. I keep breathing. I can't keep riding anything. Well, oh, y'all, I'm going home. Now, I watched my <laughs> wife work all day, get 30 bags together for you ungrateful sons of bitches, and all I can hear is criticize, criticize, criticize. From now on, don't ask me your mind for nothing. Now, look, let's not forget why we're here. We got to kill him. Yeah. We got to make a lesson out of him. Okay, I'm confused. Are the bags on or off? I think 
we all think the bag was a nice idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not pointing the fingers, they could have been done better. So how about no bags this time? But next time we do the bags right, and then we go full regalia. I didn't say no bags. But nobody can see. So so it'd be nice to see. God damn it! This is a raid! I can't see. You can't. <laughs> All that matters is can the fuck see. That's a raid! Oh my God. I mean, how do you, like, when you write that, like, you have to just be busting up laughing at how funny it is, like, pen to paper, writing it, like, this is going to be a hilarious scene. Oh, yeah. This is going to be funny. And I mean, it's so phenomenal. <laughs> and you got to think they had to have done that scene a couple times because someone had to start cracking up. <laughs> no, there's no way. There's no way. Oh, I just made my worst. Because <laughs> it'd be nice to see. All I'm saying is it would be nice to see. And then the one guy busts in with his like, like such an interesting voice. And I swear I've heard it before across some other show or whatever. And he's like, well, all we're saying is it's not that you know, big of a deal, but we do don't do bags this time. And it's like <laughs> such he's a different just, voice from all the other people yelling. Right. He's so polite. Wait, it was not to point any fingers. He's so polite. <laughs> all we're saying is if we had to cut holes in bags, we could do a better job than this. I mean, the way it escalates to this thing, and it's just because of these they want to wear these bags. I mean his guy, his Don Don Johnson's line, dude, big big daddy. His line was like, "I can't see Evan." <laughs> I mean, that is just well, he's so surprised. Time. He's already he just gave his rousing speech. I skipped that, but it's like we're gonna get this guy. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "Well, well, dang, <laughs> I, I can't get out of this thing." <laughs> so funny. I've yeah. met Don Johnson before. He's a funny guy. Oh man! Well, he's in the movie *Knives Out*, and I loved him in *Knives Out* too. He he. No, he's great. He's so good. He and then that guy that spits his tobacco out of one of the eye holes. Like yeah, he pulls he's it like searching his, his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there was one where the eye was down by the cheek, and the other one was up where the eye was. And he's like, "How about you? Can you see?" And he's all, "I can't. I not so good." I can That's see so you. I can see I'm you sitting right here. Now. I can see. So I start riding. I can't. I can't see much of anything. No, this. If there's one scene in the whole entire movie that I could watch over and over and over again, it's it's this dialogue and scene right here, right oh, here. Yeah. This is it. It is just so ripe. So good. But and, and yet, our favorite people that have the best lines aren't even in it. That's what's yeah. so good about it is he doesn't he just he just takes advantage of every moment. Although oh. although if there is uh the the I think they missed a chance to have another good scene with Christoph Waltz and and Jamie Foxx. You know when he was training and they're kind of just like kind of walking around and then they're starting He's to, shooting the snowman. Yeah, yeah. And then 
and then they go and they they shoot some guys on the road and then they drop off some bodies to i mean there's there's a little bit there's there's i don't know there's a little bit of lag right there where i think it could have fit maybe one more good conversation between one more story uh, Jango and and the doc the doctor yeah just because why not i mean yeah i thought that seemed that was a little slow there and i and i just want more so maybe i'm just so yeah no there was a little you know it was winter or whatever right like they kind of just like blew through winter quickly yeah and that's well, how they did it every good movie has a montage so i mean there's that <laughs> there's that <laughs> and um all right, here's a here's another great line from this movie. This is I think this is I, I see this in a meme a lot. Um and 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 quick and oh when he's like, like yeah. making that little face. Well so like... yeah, so he has the he has a cigarette and it zooms in on his face. I've seen that <laughs> meme a lot. And then yeah. I've I've seen the meme with this line in it a lot too. And uh you you should probably recognize this one. And what do you consider ridiculous? For a truly talented specimen of the right thing? How much would you say, Django? $12,000. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Yes. I actually want to start using that more now. <laughs> although, although you're quoting one of the most despicable people on earth. I know, I know. It's, it's still a good line. Still a good line. So yeah. I, it definitely best dialogue. It's definitely right up there. I don't think you can do better. And then memorable scenes. I have it uh, four out of sixteen too, because it's got, uh, it's got that the hooded scene. It's mm -hmm. got. It's got Leo's speech where yeah. he, he's, he's, he's got the skull. And I actually, before that scene where Leo ha gets the skull out, I paused it and I turned to my wife and I go, all right, this is going to be one of the most intense scenes. Cause she, she can't do intensity anymore. She's just like, she just can't, she's like, <laughs> she much. doesn't watch intense stuff with me anymore. And, but she, <laughs> she knew how much I love this and she, she wanted to watch it. And, and I'm like, this is going to be incredibly intense. Are you sure you want to watch this? <laughs> and, and it was, and then, and then he cuts his hand in real life. I'm, I'm sure. A lot yeah. of people that. But yeah. he had to have changed the blood at some point. Cause when he smears it on um, Kerry Washington's face, there's no way that's his real blood. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see actors doing that to each other. It seems a little bit far-fetched. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, maybe. Maybe, but Corona, coronavirus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, what I've heard about Leo and his escapades, I don't know how much I'd want his blood smeared on my face. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not. This isn't reporting anything. I don't know anything. But, uh, but uh, his speech, and, and yeah, it's just, it was great. He's trying to come across as such a smart guy, and he's just the biggest phony tool. And he's just like, see these three dimples. It's it's like, it's just reminiscent of people that like twist themselves in knots trying to explain something that's just like, well, we all know that's that's bull crap. And and you're just like, the more you're trying to explain it, the more you just don't. It just proves that you know that it's bull crap. 
Yeah, I, I, he he gets caught in this kind of like. I mean, he 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 makes his point, but at the same time, like, it just he's not. He's in he's in the room. He's with these people. He doesn't know what's going on. Like he doesn't. He's not smart. He's not smart. He's just in the room because he has money. He was yeah. born into it. He has the money. Obviously, he's learned some things, but. I mean, compared to Christoph Waltz, Jamie Foxx in that room, Django, you know, they know what's going on and he's barely catching on only because of Steven. Uh, Steven. So (laughs) I want to talk about Steven, actually. Um, Steven's the smart one. And it's just so interesting when he suddenly gets him in the other room. He plays this like, oh, you know, he plays this hobbled guy that kind of was just like, well, well, well. I don't know about this and stuff. And then he gets him in that room and he's sitting there twirling around, I don't know, brandy or something. And he's just like, they oh, yeah, aren't he's here to he's buy. sitting there sloshing it like this. Yeah, like like he's head of the household. Like he's this puppet yeah. master. And Leo's his little puppet. And he's like, they ain't here to buy no Mandingo. And he's yeah. just like, and, and he's like, what? Well, no, they agree. And he's all, have you seen any money? And it's just like, he is, he's, he's smart which makes him extra despicable. But I've heard a little debate about Steven's character. And it's just kind of like, well, you know, he's living in this horrible time and he's doing what he can to survive. And so he's, he's surviving just like other people. And, and um, I'm, I'm not in on that explanation. I, I don't agree. I think he's a horrible person. And, and I don't think you can uh, talk your way around it. Uh, what's, no, he's he's selling out in this time his own kind, right? right? Like, I mean, I'm I'm dating this back. You know, let's let's make sure we're talking about the movie here. His kind, talking about you know slaves, you know blacks back then. He's selling them out, and like yeah. to me, it's like no, that's a bad guy. Like you should be like, yes, these guys made it. Like he made it. Like he's out, and he's trying to get this girl. Shouldn't he be helping them? Oh, yeah. 100%. Instead, he totally turns on it. Well, and he's also, he's behind, he's behind all the awful stuff, you know, like, like Calvin Candy's out doing Mandingo fighting, and you know Steven's back there making sure everyone stays in line, punishing people. It's just like, yeah. he's just a bad dude. And I had this debate with someone, like, about, like, like, are you... You know, are you, if someone else is going to do it, you know, might as well be you type of thing. And I was just like, no, 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 it doesn't like it, like the atom bomb. I'm just like, I, I, I don't, you know, it shouldn't have been invented. The guy shouldn't have done it. And it's like, well, someone else would have invented it. And it was just like, well, then let that guy then decide not to invent it. And then, you know, there, like, sometimes there's an argument of just like, well, you got to do, Sometimes you got to do bad things because someone else is going to do it. So you, it might as well be you or something like that. And it's just like, I don't know. I, yeah, you got to answer for yourself. And I, there's no way Steven can answer. It went to his, no, he was a total, he was a total sellout. Yeah. He was a total sellout to me. I mean, that's, he's, I mean, he's a bad, he's just, he's, he's an awful dude, but a very good bad guy. Like he was done really well. Steven, um, oh, yeah. Sam, Samuel Jackson did a fantastic job. 
again, every time I see this that this movie, and every time on that scene, I'm like, maybe they'll get away with it. I <laughs> I want them to get away with it, right? Like, what you want it? them to do so bad. I don't know. What is it about movies where you're just like, maybe this time? <laughs> it's maybe not every, this time. I know what's going to happen, but still, it's just it's just hard to. I don't know. It's just part of it sucks, and that's just how it is. That's just the movie. Yeah. In fact, I have a great scene with um, with their at the dinner table. Um, oh, and his his relationship with his sister. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, so strange, right? It's, it's like, hey, we're gonna be like borderline, like make out, but don't make out. But we want to put some innuendos in there that there's something interesting going on here. By the way, one of my favorite scenes that gets funnier every time is when when Django shoots his sister and just like, uh, say goodbye, Miss, Miss Candy. Uh, huh? Say goodbye. Bam. And it shoots her and it's totally the, this angle that isn't from the bullet, but it's, they just yank her back as hard oh, as Oh, yeah. She just is all, bam. <laughs> just flies like pulled out. out. Yeah, I love pulled it. out of the room. Um. This is one of my, I love this, like this, this role that Steven's playing, just this like kiss up to candy sidekick. Yeah. And this, oh. this, this dinner scene right here is kind of, um, this one's kind of funny to me. I guess you call me you can't imagine what it's like not to hear your native tongue in four years. Well, hell, I can't imagine two weeks in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks in Boston. I've been joking. Yeah, just that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like that's how they're all laughing. I'm two weeks in Boston. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, oh, that was that was good. Oh, and 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 you know what? Why we're talking about Stephen and uh, let's uh, let's see the, the end with Stephen and Django right here. Um, and this is uh, this is another one of my favorite lines in the movie. Samuel Jackson drops the cane, suddenly walks normal. I count six shots. Yeah. I count two guns. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be all smart. Yeah. I count six shots. I count two guns. <laughs> I count two uh, guns. How about uh, this? How about me now? <laughs> yeah. I think the comedy was lost on that scene the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, when he's hiding behind the one body, and the one body just keeps getting shot like over and over and over. Well, he's not. Oh yeah. Actually, he wasn't hiding That's, behind the, that guy. Was already dead, but he kept shooting the same guy. He must have got shot like ten times. Oh and Every yeah. time he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> that guy by the front door, and he's like, ah. Oh, ah. Yeah. Ah. He keeps getting shot, and it just, it just, it just kept making me laugh. Oh, the second yeah. time I saw it after I could calm down of how I knew the movie ended because it's too intense oh, yeah. to just. I, I, I thought it was great. I thought, I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's fantastic. So yeah. man, I mean, there's so many memorable scenes uh, that's uh, and, and dialogue. Those were all the ones I, I busted out. Any, anything I missed that you can think of. Um. No, I mean, I think we kind of covered covered kind of the major scenes. I mean, 
to, to me, like you could break the film out into any of those sections of scenes and I would watch all of them, like all over again, start to finish. Like, it's just, it's just a great movie. I was thoroughly entertained the entire time. When it ended, I was like, what a great ending. You know, when he comes, oh, well, the one scene that, that I really loved when he, when he goes up to her at the very end, after he kills everyone. And uh, do you remember what he says to her? What's up, little troublemaker? Yeah. That- hey, troublemaker. Hey, troublemaker. He goes, hey, troublemaker. And like he does this like little dance and this cocky thing, and like and she's just kind of like so into it, like that's my man. Yeah, <laughs> like I love, I love that. I love hey, that. Big troublemaker. I love hey, when he's got his glasses on. He's got his sunglasses, and he turns around to watch the thing blow up. He's like, I don't want to miss this. And he's smoking a cigarette, you know, with the long thing and everything, and yeah. it just puffs up, and it just like the hat catches it, and it just kind of flows yeah. around his face. And it's just so, oh my gosh, just what a, what a great scene to catch. Just his complete control of everything around him at that moment. His complete revenge, just all just coming to fruition. And them yeah. getting exactly, in the end, what they wanted. And was to be together. Now, um, a couple scenes actually that I, I didn't, uh, didn't cover was... Um, so when I want to talk about when uh, Christoph Waltz shoots Candy, and uh, mm. I mean that that whole scene. So he constantly keeps his cool, but you can see him start to crack when they get to Candyland. After when he the sees only him. time, the yeah. only time besides the Mandango fighting where he got pretty uncomfortable, and then also during the the dog scene he also got very uncomfortable so he only cracks like three times in this movie and that was the third time well i mean but even before the dog ripped that guy apart he stood up and said he'll pay all he'll pay for that when he's talking you know um leo's talking to the 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 slave d'artagnan and he's just like who's gonna pay me my five hundred dollars i paid five hundred dollars for five good fights and you've only Mm -hmm. given me three fights who's gonna pay me back and and the guy's just like i have no idea and then Christoph Waltz is like, oh, I'll pay. And then, you know, Jamie Foxx jumps in and he's just like, he, he ain't paying, he ain't paying one yeah. cent for that. And yeah. And uh, Jamie Foxx, they're, you know, Django, let's just talk about him as Django. Django, he, the character Django is doing everything he can because he has his sight on the fact that it's like, I'm getting my wife back. Yeah. And, and he's, he's on a mission. That, He's giving up a lot of stuff. He's giving up looking human. And he he's he's he looks like a slave trader and he's getting the stink eye from other slaves and he's he's going up. And then Christoph Waltz, well, um, Dr. Schultz, when he shoots uh Candy, I think Django's ticked. I think he's just like, You, you, we had my wife, we were leaving with my wife. And you had to go and do. And you this. couldn't give it up. Yeah, you I get. I get. Like, yeah. He's like, you don't think I wanted to do that a hundred times, and yeah. I didn't. And then you do. I think he is actually. And when I saw that, you know, when he sees him dead and he kisses his fingers and put it puts it on uh, Dr. Schultz's head, mm-hmm. I always wanted like a little bit more. Like, uh, I remember thinking, like, oh, why doesn't he like, you know, give him a hug or 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 just like start start you know crying up a bit and 
I think he's really appreciative and he thinks the world of him and he's, he like, they were good friends, but uh, there's probably a little bit of like, you know, I wouldn't even be in this stinking position had we just stick and walked yeah. out of this house. In the I wouldn't first have place. had to be gone through, gone through all that. Yeah. I almost just... lost it all. Yeah. Because that, but that, man. yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't, I mean, I, I I've obviously like seen the scene. I, I noticed the scene, but uh, that, that was kind of a poignant moment where, he he just couldn't give in. He was like, I I can't do it anymore. I've been doing it this whole time, this whole charade we've put on, and now the cat's out of the bag, and I just can't tell one more lie. Yeah. Well, like, and I just have to be myself. And he's hearing the girl play Beethoven on a harp, and he's like, shut that up. Like, <laughs> yeah. how dare you play Beethoven at a moment like this? Do you realize what's going on in this place? Oh Dude, my gosh. Uh, yeah. No. There's so many. And then and then he brings up like he gives that speech with his back to the camera too. Like how good is that? Like here's a guy, he's he's been great this whole movie and he's not afraid to give a speech about Charles Dumas with his back to the camera and then and then like he's just like no, this is good and then he turns around to make it impactful he's all, you know, Dumas Dumas was black. I actually had to look that up the first time I saw it. I'm like, wait, is he? <laughs> and, and, and yes, uh, Wikipedia tells me that is the case. He is. He is. <laughs> yeah. Again, dialogue. Like, how do you throw a story like that? How do you come up with a story like that? Who, who can we talk about now? Let's have him talk about, you know, Charles. De Gaulle. Like, let's talk about let's talk about him and tell a story about him and then say that he's black. Like, I. It, I just couldn't. I I could never interject that type of writing into a movie like this. Yeah, and the, just, and, and, and that to me what made the movie so good. It was like just some of those stories, some of those little stories. And yeah, you're right. That scene that scene was pretty pretty interesting. Intense, no doubt. Yeah, very. Um. <sighs> And then, uh, well, there's actually we skipped over a couple scenes, but um, I will, I will, I will play those during the uh, soundtrack um, portion of this because they um, they have good uh, soundtracks attached to them. But as far as impact, um, impact again, I didn't think it was a category that I, I gave a lot of weight to because it's kind of hard to judge the impact. I put it. Um, uh, in like the third tier, I think I had more impact than that. As, as I've been going through and listening to um, different uh, people talk about this movie and, and interviews and stuff, as far as the slave movie, uh, it, it's uh, for a lot of people, it's quite the go-to movie is one of the, the best slave movies and, and a way to tell the story. Like no Westerns generally have slavery in it and, and it did. So for this type of category, it had, it had a, um, an impact but I don't think it changed movies. I don't think anyone started to come back and uh, change the way they made movies because it just, I mean, no one can no. make movies like Tarantino. No, he's in his own genre. Yeah, but it, it, was, no, it was nominated for an Oscar. It lost out to Argo. Very good movie. I enjoyed Argo. I, I think this movie uh, was Argo was good. Argo was well, in my top 10. 
The only thing that makes a difference for me is I really, I really love true type movie stories that tell a story of history that actually happened. Maybe not exactly how it went down, but how some of it went down. And so I really appreciate that. So I, I really, I liked Argo quite a bit. Yeah. I like that movie. I, but it is good. But, um, and, and Ben Affleck, I mean, come on. He's, he's good in it too. Doesn't he take his <laughs> shirt off at least once in that? <laughs> I mean, at least once, at least once. <laughs> he has to. Um, <laughs> and then universal, I, I, I didn't, I didn't give this a lot of weight either, but I still, uh, calculated it into the, in the equation it's how it universally was like so basically the rotten score the rotten tomatoes score and then I, I and it actually scored lower than a lot of the movies that i have on my list and and i can see why as far as like i could see why people wouldn't like this movie i i i don't agree with them but i i can see why i mean it's 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 violent it's hard stuff maybe they feel it makes um light of a serious subject whatever it is but i i could see um i could see why people wouldn't like it i don't agree but you can see it i mean i, I think like you said at the very beginning it, it does take a certain amount of exposure to movies like this to actually appreciate Versus you're watching it and the whole time you're like cringing on what they're saying, what how they're saying it, what words they're using, all that stuff and the violence in it. So, I mean, I think it does take a little bit of exposure to movies like this to, to be able to appreciate it fully without cringing yeah. or judging it based on how, oh, that makes me feel bad. It's like, okay, well. Some movies make you feel bad. It's not all, it's not all roses and flowers well, and stuff all the time. I mean, Tarantino is over the top violent, and if you don't like it, that's okay. I mean, yeah. I don't necessarily like the over the top violence either, but um, but it's still like he, I actually think he, I know it's him, but he could lose it, and I still wouldn't be like, oh man, this movie sucks. Um, it, I I enjoy it, but it's what makes this. Movie well, this one in particular, it's like there's Kill Bill violence, and then there's this violence. I I see them very differently. Like hmm, Kill Bill was like pretty fun. It was like so much blood. I mean, just to the point of like we were just throwing buckets across the screen for this sword scene. Whereas this gets kind of down to like some pretty gritty stuff, like a dog chewing up a dude, and then. You know, the Mandango fighting of like, you know, squeezing his eyeballs out and then hitting his head with a hammer. I mean, that's just raw. Like, uh, it hits that level of just like, oh, well, okay, it's brutal. Well, the, those real scenes, <clears throat> I don't think they went over the top. I think they did the right amount of blood and stuff for those. But he still had his patented, like his shootout scenes where, I mean, he might as well have just been throwing blood all over the place. Yeah, it's see, gun, like, guns is different though. Hand fighting, up close, up personal—that's oh, different. Yeah. That's I, I completely agree. What I'm saying is Tarantino will always in his movies just have the buckets of blood, where it's yeah. like like and scenes that don't even make sense. He breaks in to shoot all those bad guys near the end of the movie. One guy's in a tub, 
And then the next scene, he it's he's out of the tub and he shoots him in his uh, in his junk. And it's like that guy was in the tub when he walked in. But it's like, you know what though? I really want to see a guy get shot in his junk. That's what I want to see. <laughs> like I swear, he's just like, who cares about? I, I, this is what we want to see. We want to just see people get shot in many different ways. And this is how this guy's gonna get shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to comment on that. That's just how it is. <laughs> um, now, this is actually, this is my favorite category, and it's the score and soundtrack. I love, I love, movies are made or broken to me by the score or the soundtrack. And this one okay, actually yeah. did, this one did really well. It's a five out of six, it's, it's fifth place out of 16. Um, I thought the, the score was good, just that, that whistling, uh, you know, uh, cowboy music that was going on throughout. And then, and then there was a lot of really good songs in it too, that I just loved. And um, I'm going to play, I'm going to play one of them for you right now. This is, and it, and I, it goes well with the scene too. This is, this is the first shootout because there's two shootouts. This is the first one right after candy gets shot. And there's just, Blood everywhere. So what, Kimball? You don't think that was an excessive amount of blood in those scenes? No, I seen perfect, perfect amount for what was happening. No, this was that was a good that was a good choice of music. Again, it was kind of the modern, weird. It was a, it was it was a modern, but still country somehow, a little bit. I don't know yeah. how they wove that in, but it was pretty genius. It was it was so good, like. Like, I just got so pumped. I mean, we're already watching up to this point. There's been tons of people getting shot in this scene. And then suddenly he gets two guns in his hands and they start pumping that music. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. I, I, it, it pumps me up. I, I want to put that song on my, like my workout routine now after saying that. I, I, yeah, that is a good, that is a good one. And then there's uh, this next one by John Legend, which I think is uh, this scene. He had just this is this is right when he blows up Quentin Tarantino, who's hold, holding dynamite, and uh, and and he starts to escape. song and he's just like, like walking around he's all he's all dusty and he just totally just took out three guys with his brains too that was a yeah. smart move yeah and then you see the guy that was giving him the stink eye earlier later he, he's looking at him now and he's like totally looking at him with admiration as he rides off on the horse yeah respect but, 
Yeah, that great, great song. Perfect, perfect song. Perfect song. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. I love it. It, uh, yeah. it, it goes so well. And, and that's why that, that's why I gave, it's one of the best uh, soundtracks slash scores of any of the movies of the decade. And you need that. I, I, I'm convinced. Oh yeah. That 100%. The best, the best movies have that. And when they skimp, I'm so I remember, you know, my, my family and I, we all like the Marvel movies and we, we saw, um, the one Captain Marvel with Brie Larson. The movie was over and, and the kids are like, oh, that was a great movie. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was, I'm like, can you hum one tune from that score though? Can you think of one like anything? Can you, could you <laughs> sing that score? Could you, is there anything memorable to that score? And they're like, uh, no, no. And, and then, and, uh, and I was just like, yeah, it was a great movie. But guess how many times they've rewatched that compared to other, other movies? They haven't. And it was, yeah. it's just like, there's something about like <clears throat> the score that just brings you back. And we, we play like on Sunday, we just have movie scores playing in our house. That's it. That's, that's the only music I allow on Sunday. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's movie scores. That's it. We, we hear all the other music the rest of the time. I just want movie scores on Sundays. That's what made um, the Guardian of the Galaxy. I thought so good to me, you know, the, the music he's playing throughout throughout that movie it just it, it made it like that much better oh 100 percent. so yeah in it's, fact it's all about you ever seen the movie 500 days of summer it's all about the soundtrack oh, oh i love we we listen to that all the time it's a fantastic one and um yeah, yeah guardians of the galaxy i'm actually not saying whether or not it made the the 10 uh, but it did get second overall in soundtrack. I am gonna, I'll give a little beat there because it, it, it is, it's uh, the, so good. And we, we actually listen to those in the car all the time. My kids uh, do too. My kids love it. Yeah. They love it. And it gives me a chance to show them some older music and they right. love it. Exactly. So, uh, it's, it's, it's great. And then when it's, when it's, when it's in the film, when it's in the movie, like, you know, you watch the scene with that song and it just, it just brings it up even to that next level. Yeah. So this, that song is by John Legend. I'm trying to quickly see, I think it's called Who Did That To You by John Legend. So if you want to know and throw it on your playlist because I'm gonna, uh, it's- Call it's, the police. <laughs> yeah. So good. Don't get it on till I die. Okay. Like yeah. such a good, such a good, just ending sequence too for uh, a revenge. I mean, just yeah. oh, so good. He does a good job with music in his in all his movies. I definitely yeah, enjoy he does. his his taste of music, and he and he finds stuff that just it works so well. And um, so we get now to our final category, and that is plot. Uh, the plot i have tons of input into plot i have six different metrics that go into plot <laughs> <laughs> i know i look i mean it's science you can't argue science follow the science you can't you can't it's 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 it has zero um <laughs> zero bias in it at all it's a hundred percent science so <laughs> the the uh how the first three i break you down are in the plot it's just Hey, how much do I like the beginning, the middle, and the end? How good's the beginning, the middle, and the end in this movie? And 
So I put a five out of five at the beginning. Starts off great. He's saving Django. And then he also goes in and shoots the sheriff, gets the marshal. You're in 100%. I, I don't know how you couldn't be in in this movie after hearing Christoph Waltz talk. And, yeah, and you're in. I think you're it, in. And, and, and also, the, um, now the middle, I didn't give his highest score because I did complain a little bit about how he's, when he's training them and there wasn't as much going on. Um, but, but then um, Big Daddy's also in the middle, which is a great scene. <laughs> But it still yeah. wasn't, I still think they could have, um, there could have been more in the middle. Because when you think of this movie, you also definitely think of the ending. And that's when Samuel Jackson, I mean, they have Samuel Jackson and, and Leonardo DiCaprio, and you don't even get them until the end of the movie. And they're like two of the best characters in that thing. And we don't even get them yeah. until the end. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like when they had Eddie Murphy host SNL when he came back and hosted again and he wasn't in the first skit. He wasn't even like, he finally came out and did his monologue and we'd already had like 15 minutes of the show pass by at that point. It was just like, <laughs> Hey, you got Eddie Murphy guys. Let's get him in this thing. Um, yeah. So, so maybe, I don't know. I look, I, I'm not one to, I, this is, this is what the numbers say. It, it didn't get a full score in the middle. I, I don't, I can't tell okay. you. I can't tell you. Yeah, Would maybe you, it lulled a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little a bit. Little. Um, then as far as the, the next three categories are the originality, the flow, and the presentation. Um, presentation is kind of the, uh, the, the, the set pieces as far as just like the... Um, how well the set's set up and the um, the beauty, like think of, you know, what are what's a, you know, like think cinematography of a, wise, a, cinematography exactly. Yeah, think of you know the Martian when they're just doing uh, landscapes of Mars, even though it's not Mars, still beautiful cinematography. Um, I thought so there were far- some cool scenes. The scene where he has to kill that he kills he gets his first kill, kills mm-hmm. that farmer. You know, they're up on that hill and it's yeah. kind of. They're sitting up there and the Bacall gang. Yeah, Smitty Bacall gang. Yeah, like I thought. I, I, I yeah, probably wasn't like super strong, but I thought there were some. Right. So as far as originality, what, what do you think of the originality? I, very original. Yep. I, I mean, I mean comeback story like from a slave position and and have it do what it did like yeah completely original yeah to me five out of five i I don't know how you can like there's so many things involved in here that are just so genius to me just so many like yeah and then um and then what about the flow do you think it like it naturally flowed scene to scene throughout the whole movie like kind of a, a kind of a seamless like hey this is this is a good job with the the uh, the flow of this movie. It makes sense how they get from A to B to B to C. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty good. I mean, um, you know, they went through even the seasons, and kind of they they kind of rushed through the, like the winter season, but that was kind of like it was training, and they still got a bunch of kills, and they just kind of fast forwarded through a bunch of uh, you know bounties that they were getting along the way. Um, so I thought, I thought, I thought it was fine. I mean, normal, it, right. it wasn't, 
it wasn't skippy or jumpy or I wasn't kind of like, wait, what just happened? I didn't miss something. Like I felt like it was pretty, pretty decent that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I gave it a full like top five out of five as far as flow, because I mean, it, it it's almost like it followed like a, like the Odyssey. It almost had a, you know, a mythology to it where he goes and he, he, he starts in such low spots and he, he works his way up through different bad guys. He starts with like some of the low level bad guys and then he gets to, you know, big daddy. And that's like a mid-level boss. And then, and yeah. then he works his way up and, and the, all to save, and then to save his woman at the end. And, and it's all foreshadowed when they're first talking about Broomhilda. And so I thought it was just a perfectly woven story from uh, just just like it was thought out yeah. beginning to end. They didn't well they didn't get to the end and they're like, crap, we're out of money, let's uh just whatever. They knew exactly where they were going the entire time. Which I think is kind of not typical of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like he likes to do chapters, he likes to go back in time, he likes to go forward. So I th- I thought for his movie this had a pretty good flow. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because Pulp Fiction, you're like, okay, wait, what? where are we now? Who, yeah, it'll who, just be like it chapter, and Kill Bill, it's like chapter two. Like, then it's like <laughs> chapter one at the end and something like that. It's like it, it kind of skips around. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, so now we're back here. Okay, so for his particular style of movies that he makes, yeah, it, it it had a flow. A time the timeline was there, and there was a couple flashbacks, but um, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, and then and then and then yeah. As far as presentation, it, you know, it was good. Three. I mean, it was just it wasn't. Uh, it was good sets and everything. I mean, it's still still a top movie. But overall, plot wise, it ranked uh, three out of all the movies in 2010. It's the third best uh, plot of all of them. I thought. Yeah. It yeah, did a it was pretty strong. Job. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So before I reveal how it ranked overall after the mathematical equation, it spit out its final number. Before I reveal that to blow your mind. Cause, cause you know, you've heard bits and pieces this whole time. You have no idea what's coming. I didn't. Uh, any last things to add about Django and Chang? <clears throat> uh, no, you know, I, I think we covered it. I think we covered it for the most part, everything that I kind of highlighted in my mind. I thought it was interesting. The budget for this movie was like a hundred million and it made like 425 million. Oh, yeah. So I, I definitely consider this movie a pretty, pretty big success. And I don't think Quentin Tarantino goes for like, hey, I want a freaking blockbuster movie. He, he just wants to tell a story in the way that he tells stories. I don't think he even, I mean, he probably does, but it seemingly doesn't, he doesn't care about critics or whatever. He just wants to tell a story the way Quentin Tarantino tells the story. Yeah. But yeah. I think this movie was definitely a success. Hundred percent. So, yeah. And he, um, he did it. He did it again. I would definitely, I, I would, I would hundred uh, percent. I he has a season pass in my mind. No matter what he puts out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch. I'll, I'll okay. see, 
Um, I don't even know what his next movie is going to be. Do you do you know what his next is? Does he have? No, I don't know. Play? I've been I've been off of like movie theaters and movie watching for a while because there just hasn't been anything that great out besides uh, Top Gun. Top Gun was good. <laughs> yeah, Maverick, had to see that in the that theaters. Was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, had had to see that. But no, I I I don't know what he has. Or if he has anything. I'm I'm just curious right now. Here we go. He'll build volume three. Nah, this can't be right. We got it. We this isn't right. Let's let's. It it also I had actually heard of this Django and Zorro. Like the because they're both in the same time frame. I heard that they were thinking of making a movie where Django and Zorro meet up together. What I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I'm in. I, I'm not saying it's the best idea, but yeah, I'm, in. I, I'm I'm gonna see it. I there's no doubt. And here on his IMDb, it does it does show the uh, that he's a writer of Kill Bill, call him Volume Volume Three and Django and Zorro. But I don't know. We'll see. See, yeah, I see Tarantino's next project will be a book titled Cinema Speculation. Yeah. He he keeps it under wraps. But, um, well, all right, Kimball. Yeah. You've waited long enough. I've kept you in the dark. You're, you're, you're dying to know. Come on, I'm on pins and needles on. over here. And What's Django Unchained, the, it ranked of the list 10 movies of 2010. <laughs> number three overall. Number three. Oh. Yeah, so if you, have, all right. if you agree, disagree, have any complaints? Can't I mean you think it should have been ranked higher? Whatever. You can email it listinpodcast at gmail.com. That's listin with two T's. Cause uh and <laughs> you get it? <laughs> I get it. If you haven't gotten it by now, then uh I I don't know. I, I maybe this is too high. <laughs> Forget <brown>. about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kim. Thank you so much. This was this was a great time. I love this movie. I love talking it over with you. Well, thanks for having me on the show, and uh, hopefully we'll get to review some more Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got to come out with some more. <laughs> got it. You will.